This is Dubai Eye 103.8. The stars and superheroes of the region's startup ecosystem. And we have a guest we've already met on Starting Up. Pleased to welcome back Zahra Malik, who is the CEO and co-founder of Grovenet Capital, a boutique advisory company. Thank you so much for coming back. Thank you so much for having me again. You enjoyed it so much last time you decided to come back. Yeah, well, I'm just so glad to be back. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So I guess since we last spoke, you probably have some updates. You were in your infancy when we spoke to you last time. So tell us what's changed in the intervening period. So probably about seven months, maybe six months. So so seven months now, um, I think so. the main focus has really been, you know, still championing the impact investing space. And it's been really, really great to see the trends and the changes in the region. Um, so for me, my, my major updates are just the conversations are flowing. People are very much interested in really finding out what purpose investment means, what it means to you know, look at your investments as a value uh, and purpose-driven. So I think that's been a big thing. Um, and, you know, really, really trying to build those bridges between what investors want and, you know, driving their purpose. So I think that's been probably my, my biggest update, um, you know, which is great. And I guess for you, you spotted a, a gap in the market. You decided there, were, there could be funds, there could be investment funds where you could also look at the purpose, the reason, the meaning behind the kinds of investments you're making. So how has that worked out so far? So I think what's been really great is you can really see the trend growing in the region. So even the announcement um, that Ma'an had made from Abu Dhabi that they're going to be doing the first social impact bond, um, which is groundbreaking for the region, has been really fantastic. And then you're looking at the works that, you know, Majil Fatim have continued to do in sustainable investing and really looking at their agenda. So I think for me, what's been a great eye-opener has been that the discussion is there and people are very, very keen to talk about looking at transactions and deals that say, you know, not only am I getting a positive ROI, but I'm actually also really thinking about my my faith and finance, my purpose. So I think that's been one of the, the biggest sort of observations that I've personally seen in, in the discussions that I've been having with my various families. Um, Zahara, you're doing some really important and arguably groundbreaking work with impact investing, which is really driving funds to places, industries and developing countries where investment and having a voice really matters to create long term positive impact. Do you find that you ever come across cynicism from board members where typically they may be used to taking advice on investing from industry pioneers versus a young entrepreneur like yourself? I think that's a really great question. I think for me, the the biggest thing has been, you know, it is a fairly new space. And therefore, even some of the veterans have had to become a little bit more well versed as to what impact investing actually is and seeing it as an impact, an actual asset class. So I think the great thing has been because I've been able to marry the sort of last eight years of really trying to drive the narrative investing in Africa, as well as the development background that I have of working with with Prince Charles and really trying to build the mosaic and sort of impact space. I think it's been a really nice blend of both. So I think I haven't necessarily had someone turn around and say, well, you know, why should we talk to you? Yeah. Um, luckily, that's not happened yet. Mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody probably will and sort of say, you know, why should we listen to you? But I think you, you've got to realize that I think for me, 
it's it's still a very new space in the region. It's a small circle of us. I mean, there's some incredible groups like the Pearl Initiative who are trying to drive research and governance within philanthropy, which then goes into impact investing. It's it's still quite new. So I think people are just keen to learn. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sat there saying I've got all the answers and I know what your purpose is. I think it's just about having that transparent discussion and, and you know, you know, trying to be as, as honest as you can and, and straightforward and say, you know, yeah, this, is, this is where the space is. And, you know, the veterans serve their space, too, which I think is, is and, really important. And how easy has it been for you getting that message across? Because, like you said, it is something new. It is something different. And lots of people would be willing to give it a go if they understood what you were about. And I guess it's finding those people who have the open yeah. mind as well. Yeah, I think I think, again, a, a great question. I think it's... It's, it's very important to say, you know, understand what the space is. So the success has probably been, it's been good because I think it's a nice topic, right? So everybody wants to say, well, you know, I'm profit driven, but I'm also people and planet driven. And, you know, the, the messaging of the SDGs that the UN announced is, you know, 2020 is coming up. It's the last mm. decade. We need to try and solve some of these key issues in the world. And how can the private and investment sector really to drive that. So in terms of the door opening of people wanting to have that discussion, that's definitely clear. But being able to then translate that into, you know, potential opportunities is that has to take its time. And I think for me, it wasn't say, you know, I think in my journey of entrepreneurship so far, success is really determined by, you know, different ways and different timing. And I think you've just got to be patient with the process. And one of the things um, I was thinking about is earlier in the week, I was talking to a woman called Bridget Lau. She um, runs a company called One Good Thing, and it's about buying gifts with purpose and gifts with meaning. And she was talking to us about the holiday season. And, and there seems to be a shift in a lot of people's mindsets in maybe not buying as much, but buying things with meaning and with purpose. And she said, I'll be honest, held her hands up and said, I am capitalizing in many ways, um, unintentionally, but nonetheless, I am capitalizing in many ways by you know, having one sector of the market who maybe don't want to go out and recycle and do lots and lots of good things, but they want to do one good thing. And if you are an investor and you can find a solution, an introduction, a fund that will match with some of your ethical beliefs and some of the things you want to do, it can sort of be a box ticked. And there must be that kind of appeal for you too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and it's, it's, so funny that you say that because just earlier today I was having a conversation where someone was saying well my purpose will be totally different personally rather than as a corporate entity right so and you know why should I if if I'm interested in education but my corporate is perhaps interested in healthcare you know it's it's about having different purpose and that's okay as long as you sort of have that drive so for example with me Grovener Capital we're very much focused on the impact investing space but then also as an entity we personally sit on the board of, of various charities and it's a very clear definition of my personal pillars whether it's um, something like football for peace that I sit on the board of which is all about sports and diplomacy versus you know really looking at education and healthcare transactions from the business side so I think it's it's like you said I think it's about focusing on you know what that particular purpose is and trying to try and blend that into their professional world as well and saying that you know you can you can still marry the two together and and what's next Gosh, I mean, it's really funny. I think 
I, it's a lot of pressure now because <laughs> 2020 is upon us and I feel like it's that one decade that we've all been talking about. Obviously, the expo coming around the corner. I think for me, what what's next is I'd love to see the journey of this social impact bond in the region. I think that's something very, very exciting. And I'd love to see how we can really try and shape that and really grow that as an actual asset class. Um, and also, I think just trying to spread the message as much as I can about impact investing and, you know, really trying to shape that narrative but I just also have to be quite fluid and 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 make sure see where the opportunities arise um so that there's a lot of pressure on 2020 especially for the <laughs> trying to achieve all of these incredible goals in the next 10 years and so I think it's just taking one step at a time and you'll be celebrating a year in 2020 yes exactly so, big so, year for you <laughs> big year yes it's been a really interesting journey so far so really looking forward to to hitting that milestone Zara you you mentioned uh earlier in the conversation that Prince Charles Fund and you've built a really impressive network out here and indeed overseas so you're re- you really are sitting at the table with extremely prominent personalities and really important individuals that can at time represent the masses so do you have any advice for young entrepreneurs starting out their journey on how to create a concentrated network that's a really great question thank you so much for that Sarah um I think to be really honest, at the start of your journey, I think the one thing that I learned and some of my professional mentors were is number one is get a professional mentor mm. um, because that is a really nice way to learn how to build your network because, you know, even and, and it doesn't have to be, oh, I need to see you every week. It could even be like a quarterly basis just to, to have a soundboard of somebody that you quite senior that you would admire and respect. Um, and the other thing is at the start of your journey, I think the new sort of younger generation, when I talk to some of some of the younger entrepreneurs, it doesn't necessarily need to be that you need to take something from them. Just sit and learn and see what you can give. And I think that's a big part of building your network and sort of saying, you know, I'm not here to necessarily sit down and take all of your time. Keep it short and brief. If it's a 15 minute coffee with a partner at a sudden law firm that's focusing on a deal that you've read about. So say, you know, can I perhaps just sit you down for 15 minutes just to learn? Mm. Um, Because time is our most precious commodity. And I think if you're starting off at the start of your journey to be really mindful of that and say, you know, I I don't necessarily want to need a person's an hour of their time, but I would love to just sit down and learn. And I think that's also what your your seniors in your network will respect to say, well, this person's just coming in to learn. They're not necessarily saying, I need an internship or I've got the next project. Will you fund it? If you just say, I'd love to learn about your journey and what can I take from that to build my own toolkit? And I think that's where people become very generous with their time because they notice that you don't, you're not taking something from them. You're, you want to learn. And then in return from that learning, what can you give to say, well, actually, I also met somebody that you might be interested to, to meet. So, I mean, I could talk about creating your network for days. I feel like that's something <laughs> that I've really been spending the last decade to build. Um, you know, and if anybody would like to, please like reach out. I'd love to help and support on that because your network is your net worth they say and and final question <laughs> is um about branding we've been talking a lot on the program today about branding and brand identity mm. for you how important has it been to create that brand identity because there's lots of people doing similar kinds of things to you not the same but how important was it for you to have that brand identity yourself 
I think so. I think when you're starting your journey, I think everything for me had to be quite personal and sentimental. So we chose the name because um, my husband also sits in the business and our first home was on Grosvenor Road in London. So that was the real reason behind it. We wanted something a bit more sentimental. And then sort of Grow Cap, Shorten is all about sort of growth capital and kind of really thinking about um, the story there. But I think branding has been a really interesting journey for me because I'm really struggling with this whole Zara versus the, the company and how to then merge the two together yeah. and is it sort of because at the moment everything has been through word of mouth or working with my network or my you know people have been really kind to to support the journey um, and it's it's this constant debate that we have of whether it's the brand versus the personal person and I think when you're the founder it's about thinking well really trying to bridge that but I do think brand is everything and I think you've got to be very clear about what your purpose and your mission is and if you can somehow bring that into your branding it's it's really important um so and you can see there's been huge trends in 2019 from state levels right down to personal so if you look at the incredible work that saudi arabia's done with visit saudi you know the change and nuance in terms of what the country's looking at right mm. down to retailers like zara who have really tried to become a lot more luxury by changing their brand slightly and again that's perhaps to go away from the negativity of fast fashion which i did a, a recent piece about sort of the luxury sector and 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 what they're doing in the fashion world and you can see brands like zara trying to really say well let's stem away from fast fashion and the negativity and the impact that that has so I think branding is is really quite quite important. So um, you know, if it's and it's that's probably because the internet's growing, and that's yeah. what they're all saying, right? So indeed, you know, the development world is going growing at fifty percent in terms of getting people online, and therefore you've got to be really mindful of what your brand and message is. Well, that's all we've got time for. It's been a real pleasure to have you back on the programme. Sarah Malik is the CEO and co-founder of Grovenet Capital. They're a boutique advisory company. Check them out. Thank you so Thank much you so for much. coming on. This is Dubai I 103.8.